0: It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa.
1: hey 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 thanks for joining us real quick promise please find us and follow us at mistreat pod on instagram facebook and twitter we have curated content on pinterest and flipboard check out our channels on tiktok and youtube and if you would be so kind like that famous prince we all know please show us some love and rate and review us positive vibes only right
0: but first champagne
1: hi welcome to the misdeeds and intrigue podcast we're back
2: hello Uh, it's so good to see you and hear your voice it's amazing i I feel like i've been yeah i feel like i've been in the arctic and had no landline (laughs) to the real world
1: So we have so much to cover today, so let's just dig into it, uh, because there's some royal headlines I've been dying to ask you about.
2: Oh, I know, and I'm dying to talk about them.
1: So Prince Philip's memorial, what do you think about Prince Andrew walking his mom down the aisle?
2: I have many things to say about the Prince Philip Memorial. Andrew walking his mom down the aisle, I'm disappointed. I'm very disappointed in the queen. I thought this was the most inappropriate time to usher him back into the royal circle. Um, Who, is there not an advisor who would say this is not the best idea? I mean, I don't know.
1: I think she overrode any concern about it being like, this is my son. This was her, her favorite son, which I think was also Philip's favorite son. And I think his mom jumped on it i'm sure she thinks he's like so innocent but if you were had any degree of being a good son or daughter i if at least if it was me i'd be like mom i am there for you but i'm going to sit in the back over here because i really don't want to make this day about me because that's the only thing that did come out of the whole thing the
3: royal historian hugo Vickers was there in the abbey um hugo what was that moment like when they came in
0: Well, what you must think of, first of all, is the fact that the Queen made a supreme effort to be there. We know that she has mobility problems, we know that she's been unwell, we know that she didn't go to things like the Cenotaph um, and the Commonwealth Service, which are absolutely things that she would wish to be present at. And she was coming from Windsor, and so she came up in the car with Prince Andrew, and they came in through the south transept. Now, if you're going to suggest that this is a moment to sort of reintroduce Prince Andrew, had he as was in the programme, uh, arrived at the west door and walked right up through the whole of the Abbey, um, then I would agree with you. But in fact, he came in very discreetly with the Queen. Now, the Queen needs, needed an arm and she had a stick. So what are you going to do? Do you're going to give her a nurse? Are you going to give her an in inquiry or something like what? It's perfectly natural that she should be with her son. And actually, to be quite honest, I mean, it was in the Abbey. Most people in the Abbey would not have even seen Prince Andrew.
3: Um- Andrew, the Daily Mail is one of your paper saying that other members of the royal family were a little bit appalled at this.
0: Yeah, I I, I didn't... I, when I saw he was with her, look, he's. We, we've we read, we've written that he's the favourite son. Yeah. And as we said yesterday, this isn't just the royal family, it's her family. So she wanted to be supported by... but. The, trouble is he is a man who's just paid out 12 million pounds to settle a, a, a an appalling sex abuse case against a minor he's never admitted to anything of course but 12 million pounds was handed Well, over. he's denied he's denied kind of it thing. he's denied yeah. it and and the optic it presents to the whole world the queen being accompanied by i hear what hugo says who was it to be but they they could have found somebody else but it was her decision I'm reluctant to criticise the Queen on the day which was all about her magnificent husband who'd done a great job for country, but it doesn't look great.
3: Um, Omid Scobie, who oh. is a journalist who's very oh. close to uh, Prince Harry and oh. Meghan, tweeted, well, I think this is interesting. <laughs> he tweeted, his presence was always going to be controversial, but Prince Andrew taking on the self-appointed role of consort for the day has completely overshadowed a beautiful service. And to think just a week ago, palace sources were fretting about the optics of a wheelchair Kevin that's that's the tweet
0: yeah I think there's something in that I mean look, you saw a very elderly woman uh, who did make a supreme effort as Hugo said to to get there it is her husband she's lost the services about that but it was a colossal mistake him of all people why not Charles Anne Edward William? Almost anybody except a man, uh, a disgraced, shamed, shunned son, who, in a very sordid case, is paid £12 million so he doesn't end up in, in court. It did feel like she, he was on parade and she was rehabilitating him publicly. I had people watching at home, Hugo, not in the Abbey, but people watching at home, saw that. And I know from the people I've spoken to, there's kind of shock.
2: Well, here's the thing. So apparently, you know, she's at Windsor now. She's relocated to Windsor, and he's only three miles away from Windsor. So he goes riding there all the time. He's getting in while Charles and William are out doing their royal duties. This dude is like, Mommy, Mommy, let's go riding. Not that she's riding, but he's there all the time. So he's in her ear, yada, 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 yada. I'm the, I'm the best one. I care about you. Oh, that Virginia girl. Oh gosh. she's just a money hungry whore. I mean, no, he yeah. didn't say that by the way, those are not, those are not taken from transcripts. But.
1: <laughs> so Obi, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi is mm-hmm. the mouthpiece of Harry and Megan, mm-hmm. And so he tweeted, his presence was always going to be controversial, but Prince Andrew taking on the self-appointed role of consort for the day has completely overshadowed a beautiful service. And to think, just a week ago, palace sources were fretting about the objects of a quote-unquote wheelchair. What? Oh, okay. So
2: a wheelchair for the queen, right? Yes. Well, Omid, your good friend Harry decided not to show up. So that's really what they were kind of fretting about. And Andrew overshadowed that, by the way. So he took the heat off of Mr. Harry.
1: Yeah. What were your thoughts on that? Do you think they'll come back for the jubilee? Do you think they're running out of money because he can't pay for his own security? Well, here's what I'm
2: confused about. So I was reading Sky News and it said Prince Harry has filed a claim for a judicial review to allow him to personally pay for police protection for when he and his family returned from America to the United Kingdom. So he's why would he have to claim file a claim for a judicial review for him to pay for his own security? I don't understand. Don't you just bring your own security? Or hire
1: your own security? I think supposedly they don't have the same authority or jurisdiction over there if he goes with a private firm or that the fact that they have weapons or where, where they can have said weapons and whatnot. That's oh. how I understood it when they came to Canada, that they were having so issues he's with that.
2: filing to get, like, pay for his own royal protection, like a team that has been in the royal service. Yeah, Is that right. Okay. Yeah.
1: But even Prince Philip's prior guard came forward and was like, Carrie's changed. He should have been here. Yes. No, everyone was completely disappointed with him. That was a
2: big sticking point until Andrew decided to walk down the aisle with Mummy.
3: You obviously made a lot of news recently. You came home to the UK. You saw your
2: grandmother. How was that?
4: It was great. It was really nice to see her. Be able to see her in some element of privacy was. Was was nice. I haven't had have a chance to go back to the UK uh, for a couple of years, apart from those two times: one to, to for my grandfather's funeral, and one for unveiling a statue of my mum. How did it feel being back? Um, being with her. Being with her, it was great. It was it was just so nice to see her. You know, she's on she's on great form. We always she's always got a great sense of humour uh, with me, and I'm just making sure that she's. You know protected and got the, the right people around well you you make her laugh that's what she always says uh, I, did you do it again <laughs> uh, yes yeah i did uh both <laughs> megan and i had tea with her so it was it was really nice to catch up with her and you know home mm. home for me now is, is is you know for the time being it's in, it's in the, it's in it's the in states. states and it really and it feels that way as well does um, it yeah and it's we've been welcomed with open arms yeah. um and it's got such a great community up in santa barbara so so you feel like good. that's home more for you yeah is that weird to say no, but I'm sure it will become a thing.
1: Me, me, me. What do you think about the fact that the Duke and Duchess, I think, had a little bit of bumps down in the Caribbean. Some of the itinerary a little outdated. Trying to replicate how royal tours used to be, and there's a lot of debate right now about the Commonwealth and the direction of some of the nations down there. Not only that, I and mean, what do you think about the the fact that William made a statement because the queen's motto is always like, never explain, never comment. And secondary, what do you think about Megan choosing that time to make her announcement of her podcast?
2: Oh, that was totally calculated. Are you kidding me? It's like, oh my God, Kate's getting too much attention. I need to make my uh, reprisal in my podcast, by the way. This is so funny because this was all happening the week of gala. So I was kind of just in and out of these stories, but I thought the most shocking thing was, okay, we're going to do a podcast and I bet you a million dollars. We don't hear from them on another podcast again in six months. I mean, it's going to probably take them another six months to do episode number two, right? Or it would be three, I guess.
1: Yeah. That's why I was curious. I know that was like a big two-parter, but I was very surprised that William made a comment even about a reflection on their tour and all that.
2: What do you think though? Do you think it was a reflection on their tour? Do you think that, what do you think about their tour?
1: I think they sent the new generation down there because there has been a lot down there to be in the Bahamas and Jamaica and Belize about the Commonwealth. I mean, I went to Belize and the money still has the queen on it and all that. Yeah. But I think that them replicating some of the images were a little outdated. I mean, they did the best they could, but like the images of the children behind the fence and shaking hands, it just was a little outdated. It's just not Mm -hmm. done that way anymore. I think William was very upset about it because again, they're not the ones with the hands-on planning of the tour. They have planners that do this and I think they were replicating a lot of old tours and I think we will see tours being done somewhat different in the future. Before they'd even landed, protesters were gathering outside of the British High Commission, demanding that Prince William apologize for the role played by the royal family in slavery. Mr. William, I see
4: you love to dance with the black people and you love to frolic. but speak some truth on this trip. Speak truth for what
1: it's worth.
2: Do you think the crowds were planted? Oh, I didn't even think about that. I mean, like, hey, come down and and see William and Kate and get a free sandwich while you're I mean, do you think there was any bribery, quote unquote, used to get people down there? Do you think there's still a fascination with them?
1: I think they, mm, I think I actually think it'd be the first because I mean, they didn't even When they were doing the agenda, they didn't even ask local leaders if they could land their helicopter on the fields and stuff. So uh, yeah, maybe they were planted or there was incentive to come on down. Like we need seat fillers.
2: Vodka. No. (laughs)
1: Uh, Free vodka and donuts for anyone who comes down to see William and
2: Kate. Yeah. No, Um, I, I think there is some fascination though. Honestly, I think if William and Kate came to the United States on some sort of promotional tour, I think you would get your Anglophiles out. And just going to the Royal Wedding a few years ago, there were tons of Americans there who like packed up all their friends and flew over to see someone get married in a different country. So I think you would get some sort of a crowd.
1: Yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi wrote, or Omid, Scoby. this <laughs> tour was an opportunity to try and show the monarchy can modernize, hold themselves accountable where appropriate, be eager to listen and learn, mindful, open to change. Basically, AKA, like Megan tried to teach them. Instead, even the media royalists are today writing how out of touch parts of the trip have come across.
2: He's a biographer though, right? Why
1: the fuck is he always in? He's the mouthpiece of Henry and, or Henry, Harry and Megan. <sighs> so we have to do this with him. Like he's we? the one that released about her new podcast and all that.
2: So what's so different about the new and improved podcast? Mm. Is she covering
1: beauty products that work for her or? Oh, she, it's the women. She's talking about archetypes or archetypes of women. And I guess in the trailer, like I didn't even listen to, her, I just read. The script mm. or whatever it's like you're a slut you're you know whatever well if the shoe fits I'm sorry no I don't know they're just joking. in this day and age I don't really want to no. be preached to <laughs> like yeah. I just don't want I'm not interested I'm sorry
2: I know I don't want someone else telling me what they think I am or feeling that they can make that assessment because they're they know all about it I'm like where's your degree where's your sociology degree yeah. where's your I don't know Seems strange.
1: And I think in the workplace, I think our role is evolving and our role as women. And I don't know if maybe she has so much of a insight into where we are right now and the things that I personally need to hear yes. or need advice on or whatever. Exactly. That's just my opinion. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. I like Sure, it will work for mm-hmm. other people, like maybe some social media influencers and yeah. stuff, but not me. <laughs> maybe talk about the tag and how you started it. <laughs> yeah. Where you got the name from. I just love that wine. I love the wine. And yeah, it just all it was a
2: watershed from there. It just all happened. <laughs> I, have you seen that there? And I was. Movie with Amanda Seyfried.
1: No, how is it?
2: She does an amazing job as Elizabeth Holmes. It showed like when she actually started to change her voice. Really? Here at Theranos, we are developing new technology.
3: Here at Theranos, we are developing new technology. New technology This is inspiring step forward forward forward
2: forward i don't know how i i mean i'm sure they're using taking a lot of liberal uh not liberal they're taking liberties with the concept because it goes really it goes so in depth it makes you wonder if, if that's really the information they got from some people yeah but she does a great job as, as Elizabeth
1: Holmes. I think she went to school right here where I live. Amanda? Yeah. Or oh, no, um, the Will Theranos. Yeah. I think she went to school yeah. in Alexandria.
2: No, yeah, she was. And it had it had the thing about her dad getting fired from Enron in there too. So I thought that was interesting.
1: That is interesting.
2: Okay, sorry. I digress. Go ahead.
1: A couple other things. Did you hear about how Prince Andrew got 750000 from a Hungarian businesswoman and had to give it back for a passport? Turkish, right? Yeah, so they oh, I was were going to. Seize... I'm sorry. Yeah, Just so, so they were going to seize all of her husband's money and
2: assets, and she's like, "Oh, I've got to get out of Turkey and get some sort of passport." And they paid him and Sarah. It was when they were still married, or were they separated?
1: Uh, I thought it was more recent, but I mean, mm-hmm. they need money because that's why they that business person in Switzerland, the businesswoman, was trying to go after them because they didn't make payments on the house.
4: Now, presumably the Queen has refused to pay some of these legal fees. How is the relationship between the two right now and also other members of the royal family?
5: Well, it's interesting, Charles, because there have been reports over the last few months that the Queen was footing his legal bills. But um, certainly my my new understanding of the, of the situation is that the Queen is not paying his bills at all. And this is the reason why Prince Andrew is being forced to sell a £17 million, pound, $32 million Swiss chalet that he owns with his ex-wife, Sarah Ferguson. Now, she's been there with their daughters this week on a sort of a fi- final family holiday because they're actually getting rid of it and they have found a buyer but it's uh you know it looks like they've got to sell this very very quickly to to, to fee- meet these mounting costs and certainly the, the you know the queen will obviously stand by him that's what she's uh, led everyone to believe at the moment
2: why would it go to both of them if they're divorced
1: i think that there's more between them i think their finance i mean they live together but i think their finances are more wrapped up than oh yeah passports only
2: 750,000 pounds come get yours today it's just like
1: like it just makes me so cringe yeah he can't he can't do anything right yeah they you know basically I... just and she tried to sell her connections to prince philip even Sophia Wessex did that back years ago. She first married in because she was PR. Like they all try to, Megan tried to monetize it. Like Megan was not the first one that wanted to take opportunities yeah. that came up based upon being having connection basically to these UK ambassadors. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Megan
2: played, and Megan did it the right way actually. She's like, I'm going to use this title, but we're going to disconnect from the family so we can really cash in on this title yeah. and not have to give she anything did. back and not do it on the down low. Because all these other people have to do it on the down low.
1: Yeah. We had talked about Princess Anne in our last episode, but I had totally forgotten this. Do you know, remember why the real reason why she got divorced from her first husband? No.
6: Princess Anne. She may be
1: the hardest working royal.
6: But when it comes to her love life, she's far from a fairy tale princess. I'm not quite I was quite well educated, one way or another. She said, I will marry the man I choose, no matter who he is or what he does. From intense press speculation.
4: There was an awful lot of interest in who she was seeing and what this might mean for the monarchy.
6: To a love triangle with the future queen. She doesn't seem concerned about etiquette from the palace's point of view. And public scandal for a very private princess.
0: The ball? Very much.
6: Mark was having an affair of his own. He fathered an illegitimate child.
1: He had a love child. Kind of like an Arnold Schwarzenegger with situation. Who? With some woman, and I think there was an issue about whether she was invited to a wedding or to an event. But yeah, he had a, and they had stayed married. And then finally, I think when the story was coming out, they had revealed because this I think happened in Belgium too. There's all these secret love children, especially now that DNA's out. It's not like oh, back in the yeah. day. Spain, Monaco, everyone, every royal has a secret love <laughs> they child. They do. <laughs> that would have been like trying to prove her identity back oh god before dna and all that no really i'm the child of the king no you're not yeah. get out of here i know i always wonder if they always said henry the eighth had a love child with bessie blount uh, henry fitzroy
3: Catherine's successors queen was now being overshadowed by her failure to deliver a healthy son she was starting to test the king's patience As Catherine struggled to bring babies to term, her husband's fancy started to wander. There was nothing astonishing about this. Whenever the Queen was expecting, her health came first. No sex. But nobody expected Henry to go without. He looked through his wife's ladies-in-waiting, women of good family, chosen as the Queen's companions. And he picked out Bessie Blount. They started a relationship. Bessie got pregnant. She even gave birth to a son. The only downside was that he was illegitimate. But Henry was proud of him, recognised him, and gave him the name Henry Fitzroy, meaning son of the king. But Bessie Blount's son can never be the legitimate heir to the throne of England. And the king respects his queen enough to send Bessie away from court
1: the uncles of queen victoria they were all in a race to have legitimate children because they all had all these illegitimate children so they would always use fitz clarence or Fitzroy, because none of them could get the the title right yeah yeah and that's how queen victoria weirdly got it because even though there was all these children around whether there was legitimate heirs or not
6: king george iii was a popular monarch who came to the throne in 1760. Farmer George fathered 15 children, nine sons and six daughters. His court was famously bourgeois, family-centred and dull. But by 1817, the king was insane and locked away at Windsor. The future of the crown was in doubt. His sons and heirs had grown into selfish playboys who drank too much, had scores of illegitimate children and were running up enormous debts. The king's eldest son, George, was appointed Prince Regent, ruling over the country while his father was incapable. Prinny was also the only son who had managed to father a legitimate heir to the throne, his daughter, Princess Charlotte. Unlike her father, she was much loved by the people, the great hope for the future of the monarchy. She set up a happy home at Claremont House in Surrey, but here events took a disastrous turn. Aged just 21, Princess Charlotte died tragically in childbirth. The death of Charlotte brought the country close to revolution, but out of the tragedy of Charlotte's death comes this incredible story of struggle and success of a young princess who was passionate, vibrant and determined to fight for the throne. With the young heiress Charlotte dead, George's brothers took centre stage. Those next in line to the throne were the Duke of York... The Duke of Clarence, the Duke of Kent and the Duke of Cumberland. When Charlotte dies in
3: childbirth this is the starting pistol for the baby race because all the other brothers all the other sons now have to make legitimate marriages. So there was an absolute panic for everybody to acquire a legitimate wife and acquire a legitimate um, child who could be heir to the throne of England. And people were joking about it even at the time. There's one poem I really like. It's by Peter Pindard. you know this one? It goes, hot and hard, each royal pair are at it hunting for the air.
1: The love child situation with the prince, there was rumors that both of them had had affairs. I remember that. Yeah. So Mark Phillips had a semi-public affair with Pamela Bordas, who was working as a call girl at the time a Canadian public relations executive, and with an anchor woman from a British TV show. So supposedly, Anne had been romantically linked to Anthony Andrews, an actor, as well as her bodyguard, Peter Cross, which is very typical. Like, yeah, I will always love you, you know, (laughs) Kevin Costner. Originally, Cross went to the tabloids to talk about the involvement, as they do, boys always kiss and tell, it seems like, and he called it a special relationship. And he said that he and Anne were close friends, extremely close friends. Beginning to be noted that um, Anne seemed to have grown very close to one of her bodyguards. 32-year-old Royal
6: Protection Officer Peter Cross was a married father of two from Sheffield.
4: His background, plain, northern, brought up in, in South Yorkshire, completely different from that of the princess. But I don't think that mattered that much.
6: A strong action man, Cross was very unlike Mark Phillips. With whom Anne appeared to be growing tired.
0: He was amenable. He wasn't a dominating kind of character. And what she was really looking for, she found in Peter Cross, who would have seemed exotic to her with his background.
4: By his account, she was lonely. Phillips was to say one thing led to another, um, and he said that they began an affair. They would chat
3: a lot on the backstairs of Dacre House and Mr. Cross explains it, that they were sitting there one day chatting and he looked into her eyes and she looked into his eyes and they clasped hands and they kissed.
6: Photographs of Peter Cross and Anne from his time as her protection officer hint at their close relationship.
2: Cross and Princess Anne do seem incredibly comfortable in each other's company, overly familiar for the role they were in.
3: You do get the impression that Anne was enjoying that attention, but also Cross was really quite distracted. He doesn't look like somebody who's there to protect her from a potential threat. He looks
2: lost in the moment.
0: He began to dress rather like the sort of tweedy, horsey people that Anne surrounded herself with. He wore tweed caps, moleskin trousers. He began to look the part, and so the rumour mill began to work.
6: When it was suspected that they were having an affair, Peter Cross got removed from his position and sent away.
1: She had some letters that were published from an alleged lover, which you just don't hear Princess Anne having any kind of drama today. No. Who published the
2: letters? Which paper?
1: It was was letters written to Princess Anne from Commander Timothy Lawrence, reportedly having an affair. And people at the time of the scandal noted, so it was people magazine four intimate letters that were for Anne's eyes only were given to the sun one of britain's biggest newspapers didn't the sun is that the one that had the connections with robert maxwell
2: no i think it was the mirror
1: oh okay because yeah. i thought the Sun.
2: Here's, here's my question you're having an illicit forbidden affair what prompts someone to put something in writing what what prompts someone to say hey we're, we're doing something very like illegal in our relationship. I'm going to put it on paper and it's for her eyes only. No one will ever see it. What? I don't know. Emails
1: too. What prompts
2: someone to do that? So,
1: you know, what else was interested about the situation too? Yeah, yeah, because, and just a comment what you just said, Diana had all those letters. I think so did Charles and all that. So they all left like a paper trail.
0: They so in it. order
1: for when princess Anne got the divorce, she married Timothy Lawrence, who supposedly she had been with since 1992, uh, which is the same year she got divorced, but they had a bunch of hurdles to jump through. So they had to get married in Scotland because the Church of England did not allow remarrying to take place. And they also had to elope given the restrictions put in place by the church. So it's very interesting now that Charles was remarried and is supposed to be head of the church of England and all that when he becomes monarch. And originally they had always said that Camilla was going to not be his consort. And now she's going to be. A lot of
2: stuff happens when you get old. Those rules kind of go out the window when you face, you're facing your, your death. I mean, I think a lot of stuff has changed because she knows she can't control it. The queen knows she can't control it. And after she's gone, they're probably going to lobby to do it anyway. So she's like, I might as well go out peacefully. I don't think she, I honestly don't, I think she's tired and she doesn't want any friction. Yeah. It's like, she wants to die happy. So give me my little Andrew by my side, make Camilla the consort let's just call it a day. Harry, you're fine. You get security. There's going to be something to do with that too. Yeah, And it's going to come from her.
1: I think why another reason why Princess Anne kind of was below the radar with her divorce is that literally in the same year, three of the marriages all were headed towards divorce. Yeah. Literally three of the siblings all were falling apart at the same time.
2: She was not the anomaly anymore.
1: Mm -mm. So originally, so he had, he had a, a love child. And I think they both were cheating. But once, I mean, once a love child leaks out, you really have no. You don't have
2: a leg to stand on yet.
1: No. It's coming out.
2: Literally, the love child is coming out.
1: He had been giving the mother of this child 8300 a year. He hid the payment in a sneaky way as he officially hired Tonkin as a consultant relating to equestrian matters. In 1991, Tonkin came to the press as Mark had stalled on payments. She said that her goal was to have Mark publicly accept their daughter, and she also had the desire to list Mark on Felicity's birth certificate. Mark's agent, John S. Green, I'm I'm, I'm sorry if I mispronounced it, reportedly threatened Tonkin before she went public saying, I will make life a bloody misery for you. Mark was married to Anne and living in her home on the Gatacombe estate during the affair, pregnancy, and aftermath. She was an art teacher, Heather Tonkin from New Zealand, and she had the baby in 1985. So that was like way before they didn't divorce until 92. By the
2: way, 8,300 a year is cheap even for that time. Yeah. So she
1: was just like, where's the child support? That's barely enough to buy nappies, right? nappies yeah so i just thought that was an interesting story i don't think people realize that there was this love child in the picture name one didn't have a love child i'm joking (laughs) i know (laughs) there was even rumors that diana and charles did which was ridiculous and princess margaret did that is fascinating i didn't know that something about anne i didn't know I think the other reason why is that Zara and Mark didn't get as much attention because she opted not to have them have titles so they could have private, but then they've also capitalized. I mean, Zara's taking money from businessmen. She's an equestrian. And then her brother was doing like milk commercials in China. Like,
2: Did you see that Eugenie and Beatrice were hanging out with Zara uh, after the prince philip memorial
1: oh yeah 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 they were they were all chubby buddies i think the one sister was doing workout in la and then they were went to the super bowl mm-hmm. i think that they do that because their mom was ostracized so they feel bad for mm-hmm. harry and megan
2: i also think that they are kind of a mouthpiece to go back and be cheerleaders for harry to the family yeah.
1: Like he's, he's
2: he's struggling. Why don't we allow him back? Not allow him back in, but why are we not treating them better? I mean, I I really think there's like a, I think that's his way of, you know, go back and say this.
1: Oh yeah. People always love the underdog in the family. This is a family like no other. It just happens to also be a business too. Mm -hmm. So another story that was out in the headlines. I don't know if you ever look at Tadler. Sometimes. It's been a while. Yeah. So they're always reporting on like the best looking royals and things like that. So there's a lesser known German prince, which by the way, I did not realize how much the British royal family really tried to have Germans in the family because they were the only other Protestants in Europe monarchy. Wow. Yeah, that's, they were like, I mean, Queen Victoria just spoke German at home, you know. (laughs) And so, but one of the lesser royals was Heinrich Donatus, one of Tadler's hottest lesser known royals in europe has been helping refugees in poland because he wants to quote unquote deliver a sense of humanity to people in need so he's a 27 year old german prince who's been helping or volunteering with a nonprofit, interhelp he's the hereditary prince of please don't hate me germany of schaumburg lip l-i-p-p-e and so Uh he's been in poland and been helping and i'm going to send you a picture and put it out there is he hot He's cute, but he does, he, and he does wear loafers like the monogram loafers that that Sonia was wearing with no socks. Wait, no, wait, the, like the velvet ones with yes. the monogram.
2: No, those remind me of slippers.
1: He's a descendant of this group of royals that were ruling the state until the abolition of the country's monarchies after the First World War.
2: You know what the loafers remind me of? It always reminds me of someone who's dating Ivana Trump. Because back in the day, she would be she would get with these men who wore like these bedroom slippers with the monogram. And I have a very funny story. So I um Oh, oh, yes, those are the loafers, damn it. So he's cute, but the loafers have got to go with the short pants. So I have a very funny story. So the gala was mm-hmm. last week, I was getting some some tickets i'm not going to say what they were in case anyone listens this from a friend of mine and he Mm -hmm. had his his, one of his like not henchmen but an assistant drop it off but the assistant is closer to him in age and they're in their 60s right they're late 60s and like this is the type of dude who's like a playboy and you know he's like like Mm -hmm. still in his 60s looking for that you know golden goose woman and that golden goose job he pulls up in this little prius with no hubcaps i'm expecting you know like somebody who's got like some sort of
1: i'm picturing like overly baked george hamilton yes he's got the chains on he's got all the silver on he's got the shirt unbuttoned i mean this is a total florida look
2: so you don't see this in la
0: today we're holding auditions for a new member here in gigolo house to replace hammer all right first candidate let's go
2: he pulls up in his tiny Prius with an office desk in the front, right? <laughs> On the passenger seat. And he gets out with the fucking slippers, with the monogram <laughs> shoes. And I'm like, who are you? George, Her- not George Harrison. Who was the other guy who always had the tan? Um, oh, God. Was it George Harrison? He had the birthmark. George Hamilton.
0: You know the thing about an actress, you're not sure they're acting, you don't know if it's you or it's real, but one thing's for sure, you're
2: a willing participant. And if they could choose you, you'd go right with them. I I was I was always ready had a bag packed to leave with my leading lady if I could. I'm like, "Oh my god." And then you know they weren't the expensive slippers. They were like the discount. So this whole thing with the, with the monogram slippers just just found its way to my heart this week.
1: Yeah, I knew you'd have something relatable. Oh
2: God, the office desk in the front seat. It's like one <laughs> of those mobile offices and there's just shit everywhere. It's like scattered on the on the dashboard, on the
1: floor, everywhere. I'm like, oh. So speaking yeah. of another jiggler, jiggle jiggler, <laughs> might as well be jiggling, mm. is Sally Field came out actually recently. I don't know if you heard about Right before burt reynolds died but he was talking about how sally field was like the love of his life i do remember that
2: i love sally field yeah
1: i'll never forget you like me you really like me Mm -hmm. like her oscar speech so he wrote in his memoir before three years before his 2018 death which i didn't realize it's been that long that he regretted not fighting hard enough to keep his relationship with Field. Uh, they had starred in the movie, Smoking and the Bandit in 1977. And they had this on again and off again relationship until 82. And I remember he came out with all these stories and I think she kind of felt like awkward about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of gave a re- polite response when he died. And she had said, now I think she's finally like enough time has went by And she said recently he had somehow invented his rethinking of everything that I was more important to him than he had thought, but I wasn't, he just wanted to have the thing he didn't have. I just didn't want to deal with that. Oh yeah. So that's why she didn't attend his funeral or even make a lot of comments about it after Mm -hmm. he came out with this book, because she's like, uh, are you rewriting history? Yeah. There are times in your life that are so indelible. They never fade away. My years with Bert never leave my mind. He'll be in my history, my heart for as long as I live. Rest, buddy. Oh, so he just like said all these things about how he adored her and that her mom told him, I know you're going to break her heart, but please be gentle. And and he said, I don't know how you could break somebody's heart and be gentle, but I don't don't intend to break her heart. You never intend to, Reynolds said. So basically she said he rewrote history about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a toxic relationship. Do you think? she was the one that got away i mean maybe he's saying that now Mm -hmm. and i think i was listening to somebody the other day saying this and this is part of the reason why i even brought it up i miss the days of the old hollywood where Mm. there's a mystery about it a lot of the big stars like never gave interviews or yes you know or we'll never get that back with social media no No. And they over tell about their business. Like, I really don't need to know that Jada Pinkett Smith cheated on Will Smith. And that she said like, she wasn't happy with him in bed. And I don't miss the days either of crazy paparazzi. I just don't think that's fair to put their kids out there and all that, but I just miss the days of the old Hollywood star.
2: Yeah. Well, the thing about the Jada Pinkett Smith thing, why would you say that if you're planning on staying with someone? I don't understand how, how is that constructive? i'm not sure
1: work it out between you in therapy hey 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 thanks for joining us real quick promise please find us and follow us at mistreat pod on instagram facebook and twitter we have curated content on pinterest and flipboard check out our channels on tiktok and youtube and if you would be so kind like that famous prince we all know please show us some love and rate and review us positive vibes only right
3: There was an instantaneous, I think is the word you use,
5: connection.
1: Yes, absolutely. I I
5: think I used that very word, Mm. instantaneous and and intense. And I also said we were a a perfect um, match of flaws. Right. Um, We went together very well, but not necessarily for the right reasons. Um, We just, both of us felt... Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, again, it it was a a preformed rut in my road where... I, I say in the book many times, if I could have been different, would he have been different? Mm. Um, and I think you get lost in the reality of the day you're reacting to things that didn't really ha- that didn't just happen. But he was they very happened a controlling, though, wasn't he? Um, he he was who he was and a man of his of his time and needed uh, the women that he was with to represent him in a certain way and. Um, but would he have been different if I could have said, don't do that. I don't like it. Yeah. I But I couldn't. At I couldn't be myself. I could. I was absent from... I, I was behaving the way I was taught. And that is, to be loved, I had to disappear. Yeah. So I disappeared.
3: He uh, he passed away, I think it was just 12 weeks before, um, before the
5: book came out. I think it was yeah. four days. Only oh my four God. days. It was very, very close. It was... Kind of horrifying yeah, yeah. Um, that it was so close, and i I certainly never wanted to hurt him any more than I already had uh, and um I knew this this book would hurt him mm. even though i I try to paint him as a um, colorful human being that he was um, so i I don't know he um he will always be in my heart and my history mm. yeah. He will never not be there.
4: chill darling it's
5: Still too early to go to Tiffany's I guess the next best thing is a drink) <laughs>
6: never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it all right mr demille i'm ready for my close-up
4: let's play a game all right on the count of three name your favorite dinosaur don't even think about it just name it ready
0: one,
1: two, three. Hey, it's me again, and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now. Just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Intrigue Pod. Follow us on Pinterest and Flipboard, where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty, chronicles of interesting events in history, and of course, true crime. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel because everyone has one, right? That features a playlist of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com, but we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie... Misdeeds or Intrigue podcast or Larissa have been am now or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational and entertainment purposes only and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites and or from YouTube or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.